0: It's exactly the kind of show Ash would have loved a few years ago, especially during our homeschool years, because finding that perfect blend of entertaining and educating, it isn't always easy. So tune into mysteries about true histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey there, it's Debbie and welcome to Playback Friday. Every Friday, I'll re-release one of my favorite conversations from the archives, Unless you're a long-time listener of the show, there's a good chance you haven't heard this one yet. And even if you have, you just may get something completely different listening to it this time around.
1: I am aware about these recommendations. Many of these or most of these we have already been doing and following and things are not working. Where are the strengths in this report? I asked. And the psychologist at that time looked at me and said, strengths? We don't look at strengths.
0: Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reaver, and today I'm talking with Giselle Marzo Segura, a designer, teacher, mentor, writer, and solutions thinker based in Miami, Florida, who's also the parent of a differently wired daughter. As a result of her journey with her daughter, Giselle was moved to create a venture called Strengths Clusters, which is all about helping people understand and connect with each other through the language of character strengths. I'll let her tell you her whole story because it's very inspiring and personal. But for now, I'll let you know that we are going to be talking about this idea of why current systems aimed at supporting differently wired kids do so by focusing on the deficits. And we'll get into how truly transformational it can be, not just for the child, but for the whole family, when we flip that on its head and focus on an individual's strengths. And before I get to the show, I want to invite you to participate in my Differently Wired 7-Day Challenge if you haven't done so already. When you sign up for the challenge, you'll get an email every day for 7 days featuring a tweak that you can make in your day-to-day life to change the way you think, feel, and experience raising your Differently Wired child. You'll also get a downloadable workbook to use as you go through it, and it's totally free. To sign up, go to tiltparenting.com slash seven day. And now here's my conversation with Giselle. Hi, Giselle, welcome to the show. Hi, Debbie, thank you for having me. Before we even get started, I wanted to give a shout out to the fabulous Pamela Slim for connecting us. And just for listeners, Pam is a amazing author and coach. She's all about supporting small businesses in building community and bringing their big visions to the world. And she was really involved as I was developing Tilt and helped me get it kind of launched and off the ground. And that's when she actually first told me about you, Giselle. And so I'm excited to finally be bringing you to the show. I've known about your work for a long time. And so this is very exciting.
1: Thank you so much. Yes, I definitely, I am so thankful and grateful
0: that uh,
1: Pamela introduced us. And uh, she's been such an inspiration in so many ways in my life. And uh, it's just uh, so wonderful
0: what she does for a small business and for people. And for people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So let's dive in. So you and I have talked before, so I kind of know this, but I think your story is so Connected to everything that you're doing right now, so would you mind kind of telling us a little bit about your personal story and how what you're doing grew out of that experience? I would love to. I have two wonderful children, and one of them is
1: a one of those uh, children that has been the inspiration behind my work, and that's my daughter. She's currently 15 years old, but she has uh, she's differently wired. And we've been visiting different psychologists and evaluating her since she was around five when we started noticing that there was something different in her uh, capacity for, you know, academic performance and having troubles at school in general. And, you know, since that time when she was five years old, we've evaluated her, we had a one diagnosis that for us didn't seem to match her personality or, you know, her behavior. So then we tested her again a couple years later uh, when she was around in second grade and then in third grade. And at that time, she was really having difficult time in school. Uh, she was behind with her reading, etc., etc. So we moved her to a special school and we had been also working with her you know, following the recommendations that we had received throughout the different evaluations addressing, you know, we've done all kinds of therapies and interventions. We've done occupational therapy, speech therapy. We also enrolled her in a special school. And, you know, things didn't move in the direction that we wanted to move. At one point in the middle of sixth grade, we were called into the office at the special school that she was attending, and the principal said, you know, we're concerned about your daughter. She's not making progress, and we are afraid that we can't continue helping her uh, at that moment. And so I was, hmm, I just didn't know what to do. You know, we're following every single recommendation that we had received. So I said, okay, so what do you recommend we do? And the director said, we recommend that you homeschool. So that caught me off
0: guard. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <because> <laughs> Surprise! I, yeah. <laughs> yeah! At that time, I didn't know what homeschooling was. My background is in graphic design and marketing. And I was working, you know, I had clients and I had my own business. And I asked, you know, what do you mean homeschool? You know, y- you work with children with special needs. How could I work with my daughter I just didn't understand. So okay, so I went back to the psychologist to do another evaluation to kind of see what is it that was going on and also to confirm what their recommendations were. But by that time we I had answered so many questionnaires. So I started to become aware about there is a certain bias in the questionnaires that we had to answer and most of the questions if you look at them They are biased towards finding what's wrong. Mm -hmm. There are no questions or hardly any questions towards looking at what's right or, you know, just to have another, more of like a whole person view of the child. So when we sat with the psychologist to look at that, it was by then the fourth evaluation. My husband and I were there listening to the results and in the recommendations and something inside me, you know, encouraged me to ask, okay, I am aware about these recommendations. Many of these or most of these we have already been doing and following and things are not working. Where are the strengths in this report? I asked. And the psychologist at that time looked at me and said, strengths? We don't look at strengths. Hmm. So that really, it really surprised me in a way because I was under the, I guess, impression or assumption that a psychologist is looking at the whole person
0: mm-hmm.
1: in order to make recommendations. And what I, what I experienced was that they are looking at one part of the child, but not the child as a whole. Right. So I asked, okay, so where can I find information about strengths? You know, we've been doing all this work, and a lot of it is not working. We need to do something different. How can I find strengths? And at that moment, she couldn't direct me to where I could find strengths. Hmm. So she did recommend that homeschooling at that time was the best option for our daughter, so we started homeschooling. It was the middle of sixth grade, December, and at the you know at the beginning, it was very difficult uh, because it had it was a huge adjustment for for all of us. What was your
0: emotional state? You know, making that switch. Were you did you feel like you had no choice to do it, or were you open to trying it? What was what was going through your mind?
1: Well, at that time, th- there was no other choice for us. Mm. You know, my daughter is not. Yes, she has a lot of challenges, but I know I was aware that she had many, many gifts and a lot of potential. And I just wasn't going to put her in another environment that would be extremely restrictive and clinical Mm -hmm. because it wasn't going to be beneficial for her at that time. So I did welcome the idea of homeschooling as a possibility. And I said, we haven't tried this before. Let's give it a try. Mm-hmm. However, at first it was very difficult because I had to let go of some of my work so I can focus on her at that time. But what happened was that I started. I'm a designer, so I started looking at using my creativity, which is one of my strengths that has been with me since I was born. And I'm like, why don't I use creativity to design my child's education?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's where it started. You know, it was 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 more of an intuitive process at first. And I said, you know, how am I going to motivate her? How am I going to get her to want to learn? So I started to observe her and to see where her natural energy would go to. And also to understand the way she learns. And I started finding so many possibilities on how I could approach her learning. So, for example, she's very musical, but she struggles with reading. She loves music. In order to be able to sing music, you have to read lyrics. Mm-hmm. So we started encouraging reading through music, for example. She's auditory. She learns by listening and Up until that time, she was limited by the school into reading what she was capable at her grade level. So she was in sixth grade. So she was reading at that time between first and second grade level. So the content's not interesting for her. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, what is she interested in learning? She loves Greek mythology. Okay. So I started downloading books on the Kindle and then... There is the audio version that has automatic highlighting. So she started reading books on subjects and topics that she loved to read. And she ended up reading during those four months the whole Percy Jackson series Mm -hmm. and the the Red Triangle series and the, you know, just like 4,500 pages in total. I counted them (laughs) because I made sure she got that trophy at the end of the school Mm -hmm. year. Uh, To make sure that she understood and, and also, you know, like she learns through experience. So here in Florida, we have, uh, there's homeschool groups that we can get together with. And there's was a wonderful science program on marine biology with other homeschoolers. And we learning science in nature. So instead of looking at a book with pictures, we are really outside in nature and experiencing nature and studying nature. We would go on kayaks and hikes and her whole demeanor changed. I saw her light up. So basically, I looked at her strengths and the direction where her energy was going and try to flip the switch. Like instead of 80% of the time working on weaknesses, we would flip it. 80% 80% walking working on strengths and what gives energy and 20% of the time working on weaknesses and that made a big difference for us.
0: I'm sure. I mean that 80/20 split that's so hard to think about and I know that especially with differently wired kids it's like, "Oh, you're not good at this. Let's spend all our time on that." And you know, as opposed to, "You're really good at this. Let's let's really develop that skill or this area." We'll be right back after this quick break. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to up-level our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense science-backed gut and brain health recipes developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60TILT and use code 60TILT to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60TILT at greenchef.com slash 60TILT. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. I'm just wondering, in your opinion, what do you think it is about our culture that is so focused on deficits? Like, why is that where we start? And in in your opinion, as opposed to why aren't we focusing on strengths more in education and in society as a whole?
1: Well, traditional psychologists after World War Two started working on looking at deficits and studying pathology to be able to solve the problems that that generated. And There's also this cultural support towards looking at what's wrong or what's missing. You only have to turn the TV on and look at the news. And most of the news are biased towards looking at what's wrong, what's missing, how broken we are. That creates a cultural bias, in my opinion, that when you have that kind of repetition, it automatically... It's like food. (laughs) It's like if you want to have a healthy body and the food you eat is not healthy for you, then your body will respond. The same thing happens with information and with the news media. There's a big deficit bias. You know, headlines in newspapers, like most of the time, 80% of the articles are more about violence and then 20% about human excellence. It's just pervasive. You know, and then it also in education with a lot of standardization, there is only a measure when you're looking at, for example, standardized tests, they're measuring language and mathematics most of the time, but you're missing out in the whole spectrum of other capacities. So obviously those children who are not necessarily good in language and mathematics and they don't perform well on tests, then they're labeled as something.
0: I, I just wrote down the words compare and despair, too, when you were talking about the media, that it is su- such a fear based culture that we live in, not just in the US, but in many countries around the world. And then we kind of dwell on the negative, And then when things are focused on in a positive way, it's more pointing out what we're lacking and that we're not that way, mm-hmm. as opposed to encouraging people to kind of find their own strengths and
1: yeah. And then for kids that are differently wired, for example, like in my experience with my daughter, the big question, for example, at the school that she was attending, does she have the opportunity to do what she does best every day? I mean, for us adults, if we don't have the opportunity to do what we do mm-hmm. best every day, that affects us tremendously. It affects our anxiety, our stress levels, our health, our happiness, everything. So how can you function well when you cannot do what you do best every day?
0: Yeah, it's so true. How many people are in jobs where they're not actually getting to do to work in the area where they thrive and shine?
1: I've been contemplating this in, and I don't I have a definite answer, but I think it's kind of like a crisis of expression. Every person has this unique expression of themselves, that unique voice, like, you know, you know, musicians their their voice, their expression is through music, and mathematicians is through the art of numbers, and artists through maybe some are great with their hands with ceramics, and the other artists are their expression is through painting, and I think that in children who are differently wired, I think they need the opportunity to express what's inside of them. Mm-hmm and more so from earlier on, so that
0: they can feel whole. Yeah, so how do we do that? I mean, what is what does that actually look like? I mean, you walked us through how you did that with your daughter. But you know, what does that look like? And what kind of strengths are we looking to identify in our kids? You know, you talked about the creative strengths or music or artistic strengths. But can you go into that a little bit more with us? I mean, a lot of us are familiar with strengths. When we traditionally talk about strengths,
1: we might talk about ability or skill set. You know, it's like some kids are good in athletics. Some kids are good, you know, just the general abilities. But the kind of strengths that I've been working on are character strengths. And those define is not really what we do. They help us give us a sense of who we are. They help us access that part of ourselves that is innate. You know, in looking for an answer, because a lot of what I was doing was intuitive at the moment, I said, you know, I need to kind of need some validation. I need to make sure I'm doing the right thing because this is a huge responsibility. So I need to find more information. So I found a course in positive psychology a one-year certification course and I look at the syllabus and it seemed for me that it was a very well put together course and especially affordable for for me at the Mm -hmm. time and I said I'm gonna enroll and then I told my husband I just enrolled in this course it's a (laughs) one-year course and and he's like I'm gonna enroll too (laughs)
0: that's awesome
1: so both of us went and took this course, which was a wonderful experience for both of us because there were so many things that we were able to work together as a couple and as a family. So we were kind of on the same page. But when we reached a module that talked about strengths and the signs of character strengths, my eyes watered. I just like I was hmm. in another place. I had found a link to the answers I was looking for. So we were taught about the science of character and uh, there is a book character strengths are virtues written by martin seligman and christopher peterson and that was published in 2004 and it's like the traditional psychology has the dsmv5 to define you deficits and and diagnose this book is the same but for positive psychology and it looks at the science of strengths and there is an assessment that is called the VIA survey and you can take it for free and then it helps you look at character strengths so we were asked to take it as part of the course. So I said, you know, I had never been familiar with, with the language of character because, you know, character strengths are like creativity, love, kindness, perseverance, appreciation of beauty, spirituality. And then it also has the family of the virtues like courage and wisdom and transcendence. This is a whole language that is universal. The scientists in order to define this classification they went to different parts of the world and did research to find out what are those strengths of characters and virtues that are universal and connect us no matter where you are in the world that are valued you know in japan as in china or united states anywhere in the world so they ended up creating this classification and we took the survey and we get a list that ranks the character strengths from one to 24. And, you know, I loved what it described. So I looked at my top character strengths, and I wanted to remember them. But I am a visual person, I'm a visual learner. And I just had a hard time kind of like, like internalizing the language. So I started to draw to see how I can visualize it better. (laughs) And I created a map to help me see the whole picture of character strengths because the science of character strengths says that we have all 24 character strengths and the signature strengths and all these strengths they are ranked depending on the degree in how they show up in our lives okay mm-hmm. so when i looked at the list from 1 to 24 Sometimes we t- tend to go to, okay, we can identify the top ones. So they're like, oh, yeah, they look like me. And then we can go to the lower ones, like the, the last ones on the list, and then say, oh, those are my weaknesses. It's, you know, that standard language that we have. Mm-hmm. So I just couldn't see them as a part of my whole being. So the map helped create a visual for the whole classification so it helps you identify you as you are, you know, with all the 24 character strengths. So what I do is I use the results and I create what's called the strength clusters. So I look at the signature strengths, the top seven. I love the top seven because they help you tell a story. So I plug it in and and they, I highlight the top seven. So it helped me really understand a little bit more about myself. So I started working on it myself to understand my own strengths. And then I said, you know what? Let me try this for my kids. There is a the same via survey there is a an adult version and then they have a youth version that can be taken for kids, you know, between ten and seventeen. Hmm. It also depends on the maturity. I've I've had kids a little younger than ten take it because it really helps yield, you know, good information. So I had my daughter take it. I read the test to her so she could answer it. And then I had my son take it and my husband take it. And then I created a map for our whole family. And I said, "Wow! for the first time, we have a language for all of us where we can really appreciate each other and see each other for our gifts. For the first time, our family is on the same page. We'll be right back after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
0: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey there, it's Debbie. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to TiltParenting.com slash club. That's TiltParenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. That's so powerful when you say that. I mean, just imagine... Just imagine what that would be like, especially for a family that is feeling overwhelmed and disconnected. And in so many cases where sometimes we look at our children as kind of alien beings that we just do not understand, we're definitely not speaking the same language. So what a amazing thing to all be on the same page.
1: Yeah. And what happened was, is that that helped us also see what makes us who we are. And then I, like, for example, my daughter is, uh, some of her character strengths are creativity, love of learning, fairness, bravery, and humor. So for example, with fairness, that's a big one because for example, she would come home from school and she would be complaining and, you know, and going on and on. But understanding that she that fairness is one of her top strengths, it puts me in a different place, emotional place mm. to kind of understand what is it that she's trying to say,
0: right? I can I even just felt a little shift for myself in you describing that, because Asher too. I'd be so curious, and I, I want us to take this test fairness is a huge, huge thing for him. And sometimes you know, my knee jerk reaction can be, you know, you're going a little overboard here, or I look at that quality as almost an, an inconvenience or something we need to temper, you know, something that's kind of troublesome or a pain right. to deal with sometimes. Right. But um, when you can think of it as, well, this is one of his strengths, and it's part of it's a core part of what makes him who he is, then it could totally shift how you experience that
1: how you experience it and how you nurture it. Right. Because you can look at that and then guide him on how to make best use of that character strength. Mm -hmm. The same thing with humor. For example, humor is a huge part of my family. I did not have humor as one of my (laughs) top strengths. Okay. (laughs) My humor is like, Number 23, 24 is the last <laughs> of this, okay? But my husband and my son and my daughter all share humor as part of their top signature strength. So you could imagine how humor is used in my family. So understanding that helps me have a different view of when they're playing tricks or it just, it helps me be a lot lighter.
0: How has this affected your daughter. We've talked a little bit about how it's changed your experience, or that you're all on the same page. But what does it do for a child when they start to view themselves through this strengths lens instead of a deficit lens?
1: There is this quote by Brené Brown, Dr. Brené Brown, who studies vulnerability, and and she has in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. She says, connection is the energy that is generated when people feel seen, heard, and valued. Mm -hmm. Connection is the energy that happens when people feel seen, heard, and valued. So what happened with my daughter, for example, is that I can look at her as a whole person. I can appreciate who she is. I mean, it's not perfect it requires practice. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to think that this is going to solve all the problems. It is not. But it's a huge right. shift in the health of our family and the health of our daughter. Because when I can appreciate who she is, it's it's a different energy. It's a whole different energy that happens. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain.
0: No, I, t- I totally get it. I mean... It's just looking at them as if they're perfect as who they are. There's nothing wrong with them. This is who they are, period. And we are all we are all ultimately wired differently, right? We all we all have our tricky things, but we all have gifts and we
1: all have something to offer to this world. And if we nurture those parts of us that are meant to be expressed you can have a different outcome.
0: Oh, that's good stuff. I mean, I, I don't I haven't done this formally. I think in, in our shift to homeschool, it's definitely how I've kind of organically designed our curriculum as well. I went through a very similar journey as you did in that way, but I haven't specifically explored this idea. And I'm so curious to have Asher take the the via, the survey, via survey and just kind of get a get more information about who he is. And also, I think he'll be super interested in it as well. So can you tell us then, just briefly how you, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about strengths clusters, just tell us specifically, just curious how you work with families.
1: This is something that I developed about nine months ago, and still in the beginning stages, but I've been working with families and groups through an experience that addresses the character strengths of the whole family. And as a group, we start to develop this connection and this new view about each other where we can appreciate each other and see each other through the lens of strengths. So each person in the family takes the VIA survey and we look at them as a group because, you know, what's the first institution you're born into? It's the family. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) You know, it's like um, it's it's, it's like a whole systems view, like, for example, the human body in order to function properly, the pieces of each cell, each organ needs to do what it's meant to be doing so that the whole body can function properly. So it's about understanding how each of us have our own place within the dynamics and how we can support each other. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. And I also create the family maps. For people, we, we have our family map framed in the kitchen. So that's where we most of the time we eat. So every time we sit down and eat, we have also a visual reminder reminding us of those things that makes us who we are. That's awesome.
0: A lot of what we talk about at TILT and I I wrote about in the TILT manifesto is this idea of becoming fluent in our child's language. And understanding how they see and experience the world. And this is kind of like the whole family becoming fluent in, in everyone. So you can almost speak your own language. You're, you're almost relating to each other on this whole other level that probably Mm -hmm. no one else in the world will relate to you.
1: Definitely. And also is, is that a lot of the times, or at least I'll I'll speak in my own experience, you know, when we are going to the interventions is normally maybe the mom that goes and has most of the experiences with doctors and interventionists and therapists. So it's a, it's, it's like a, a relationship between the, the mom and the daughter a lot of the time. And then you go home, and then you have a different set of relationships that are happening. So it just helps us having this kind of work together as a group help us be more effective at creating moments where we can nurture each other and we can help each other grow. We can mm-hmm. support each other. We can see each other. We can, you know, for example, if somebody needs something creative, you know, some kind of cre- creative support for something, they'll probably go to me because that's one of my top strengths. But if they'll go for something that requires a different view, they'll go to someone else because you start understanding kind of like who is unique in some in some areas and some others.
0: So for parents who are listening to this, and they want to explore this idea of strengths, would you recommend their first step be to check out the VIA survey? Are there any other resources that they should know about? Yeah, definitely check out the VIA survey, have them take the uh, the VIA
1: is the website is VIA, V-I-A, character.org and there is a free survey there and the free results gives you the character strengths ordering one to 24 so you have an idea and then if you need to some help with you know visualizing or with a different way of understanding you can they have other reports that they offer but then you can also contact me and or you know go through my website and and see how We can connect and helping understand this beautiful, wonderful science in a different way.
0: Great. And for listeners, I'll include links to the survey and Giselle's website in the show notes. So you can check that out and, and get directly linked up with that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. The
1: one thing I forgot to mention before we go is that a lot of the learning sometimes is focused on cognitive Processing, But there is so much more learning that can happen through other pathways, such as the body and the emotion and visual learning and auditory. So what the strength clusters experience addresses is learning about this important language through all the learning pathways so that the information can really be digested and remembered.
0: Yeah, that's such a great thing to to think about. And it's not how most of us think about learning at all. We assume it's all happening in the brain, but it's not. It's much more than that.
1: Yeah. So I'm just really excited about about this work. And I encourage parents to really be aware of that there's many views on how you can look at your child. And when you look at your child through a different lens, you may open yourself up to a whole set of possibilities that you hadn't seen before.
0: Yeah, that's great. We are out of time. But I just want to say thank you again. I'm so fascinated by this kind of stuff. And I'm really grateful that we're getting to bring it to the tilt community. And for you just sharing your story and your journey. And I'm happy. I'm just happy you're doing this work. It's so important. And I feel like it has so much potential to really change things for families everywhere. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Debbie. And I, I really appreciate I'm very grateful for the work that you're doing for providing a voice to a community that needs the support that you're offering. It's been so helpful to listen to your podcasts, and just what you're doing is um, it's bringing a light to many families thank you so much
0: you've been listening to the tilt parenting podcast to go deeper into this episode visit the extensive show notes page for every episode, there's a dedicated page on my website with links to all the resources mentioned, a full transcript, and a podcast player with key takeaways marked so you can easily go back and re-listen to the sections you're most interested in. Just go to tiltparenting.com podcast and select this episode. The Tilt Parenting Podcast is hosted by me, Debbie Reber, author of the book Differently Wired and the founder of Tilt Parenting. This episode was edited by Andrea Curtis Amasquita, and show notes were put together by myself, Andrea, and Lindsay McFadden. If you get a lot out of this podcast and want to help cover the cost of its production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. On Patreon, you can sign up to make a small monthly contribution, as little as $2 a month, and it's super easy to sign up. Just go to patreon.com slash to learn more or click on the Patreon link on any show notes page. To follow Tilt Parenting on social media, go to at Tilt Parenting on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. Lastly, please help this podcast stay visible and easily found by the listeners who need it by subscribing and leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. And that's all for this week. Stay safe, stay well, and take good care. And for more information about this podcast or any of the resources that Tilt offers, visit TiltParenting.com. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter free.